Welcome back to the After Dark Podcast, where we discuss topics that are none of our business. It's your boy, Black Mike, on the mic. We got Big Stir up top. Make sure you like and subscribe on YouTube. Give us five stars and follow us on uh, audio platforms. Yeah, I think I got that right. I, I think I did. All right. Big Stir, another week. How are you doing, my fella? I'm good, man. I'm good. Uh, just trekking. Uh, I think you might have to get a new car soon. So other than that, um, been pretty good. I mean, being that my roommate is always out of town and then I've, I mean, yeah, my life is just pretty like old headed. She would think I'm like literally 30 single, no kids living the dream. You about but... damn there, bro. Hey, chill out, bro. Like, <laughs> I mean, we both about damn there. I mean, I'd be blessed to make it to 30. I'd be blessed to make it to 40, 50, 60, and so on and so forth. But taking it one year, one day at a time, about to go into Q4 here soon after September. So I've been trying to get my plans ready for that sort of thing. And uh, I'm excited, man. This last this last last month of Q3 and then Q4 moving into 2024 should be really good. So I'm like actually super, super excited for it. I know we talked a little bit offline about maybe some things uh wanted to do. So want to roll with that and just kind of hope everything goes my way. Everything can't go your, all, your way all the time. But for the folks that are down, I will tell you, I will tell you, if bad stuff is happening in your life right now, I promise you some good stuff is on the way, bro. I promise. And honestly, not to be a pessimistic here, but for the people that got your life is going great right now, I promise you some bad stuff is going to happen. It's just the way it works. That's yeah, the way it works. It's, it's got to even it's itself. A, it's a balance. It's got to even out. Yep, balance, baby, balance. Let's go. Well, shout out to uh, my roommate, Chadwick. He, CTO is out of the country in Vietnam currently. Uh, so I just give him a shout out. I don't know when he'll hear this, That's but true. I do know that he's... <laughs> you know, streaming a bunch of the podcasts on his 24 hour flight. So um, when you hear this shout out to you, Chadwick, and we got a few things going on. We got, we got a shorter pod today. I say shorter as in fewer topics, but as y'all know, by now me and Sterling can ramble on about pretty much damn near anything. And we just be bullshitting. So it might be a regular time frame but shorter in topics but not shorter in quality we have a bunch of stuff to get to but first of all we're gonna start off on an upsetting sad note very sad note and i'm gonna say this with a serious face because i really do want to make sure that everybody knows that this is not to be played with. This was super upsetting. This was super serious. And, you know, it deserves to be spoken about in that light. So Drake for all the dogs. <laughs> Drake for all the dogs album, unfortunately, did not drop last Friday. There were clues and, you know, Lil Yachty and Drake try to act like, oh, how could you possibly think that we were going to drop? I don't know. Maybe because Amazon Music said you were going to who you're partnered with for this album. Maybe because 
Billboard officially said it was dropping. Maybe because you did the OVO sound radio at 10 p.m., which is what you do for every album when you're about to stream it, going into it, was going on. So I don't know, Drake. Maybe, maybe we're the crazy ones. But with that being said, it did not drop. And it was very upsetting. And a lot of people were disappointed. And now they're fiending for the album. So we don't have the album to discuss today, which I was hoping we were going to be able to get into it, break it down, because we're going to break that down in depth. And there will be a score. And let me tell you, if it was uh, 1 o'clock a.m. on that Friday, we would be prepared to break it down by then because I would have probably streamed it at least twice. <laughs> so, But what we can do now, even though we don't know what this album contains of or when it's going to drop, is we can speculate. Because that's the fun in it. Now we have time to speculate. So what I want to do between me and you, Sterling, and with the fans, speculate with us. Make sure you drop a comment and tell us what you think this album would be. So, Sterling, where do you think, which direction do you think Drake will take this album? And what are your expectations for it in the grand scheme of his discography? Mm. So I'm going to take that question. I mean, I guess it is like a two-part, three-part question. So first, um, what do I expect in terms of style and like the way it's gone about and that sort of thing? I mean, he's been saying it over and over again. It's kind of getting fucking annoying, to be honest with you. But he's like, for all my fans out there, I love my old music. It's going to be just like that. I'm like, bro, look, Take Care was a great album, bro. By far, like, easily top three within your discography without a doubt without a doubt but bro i can't listen to an entire take care album like that type of like the entire vibe i need a banger like i need dummy bangers where i can bump in the car then i also need my sad boy music so when i'm feeling down low and feeling manipulative and gaslighty ish i need that too bro i need that so my expectation is, and I think he will deliver. It's, I mean, it's Drake. And if he doesn't deliver, which he always does, everybody says this for him, and he always does, which is insane that, like, the type of expectations we have. But I'm expecting some, like, take care vibes being, like, more of, like, Marvin's room. I expect probably... I don't know how many tracks. I don't know if he said what how the track list is, how long it is. I'm expecting about 13 songs. That's what I want. Songs. I want a shorter album, to be honest. Yeah, yeah. So I'm I'm expecting 13 songs. And I'm also expecting about three, maybe four, so somewhere around a quarter of it to be like Marvin's Room type of vibes. Marvin's Room mixture of um the what was that album that he had the uh and that might have not even been him. No, that's him. Never mind. I'm thinking of a different album. But thinking of like that Take Care vibe, Marvin's Room vibe, mixture headlines type vibe, mixture in those four songs. Like he might mend both of them in the same type of song because headlines and um and uh, Marvin's Room were great. And then I'm like so pr but proud of you or whatever. Yeah, that's. A mix for the other portion of the album that I think is going to be very more like the six or seven range. Then, and I'm just basing this off of one album because, like I said, Take Care is a very good album. Like it's very well put together. 
good ideology behind it. I, I enjoyed it, obviously, like everybody else should. Um, and then I think the last three songs, two to three songs, obviously, like estimating here if it's 13 songs, I'm expecting some, I don't want to say experimental. I'm expecting him to collab with somebody like off the cuff type of shit. And this is on this should be unexpected from Drake because on his albums, he usually comes with the best artist out at the time. Like he's not gonna be like just pull up on like Joe Schmo and be like, hey Joe Schmo, like out like you wanna be on my album? Like he only does that for singles with these types of guys, right? Like he only tries to bring them up and discover them and go on from there. But I think he's gonna have two to three songs with people that we don't not not to say we don't know, but are maybe on the cusp of getting to where they want to be, and he's gonna like try to bring that into the uh, album. And I think those vibes will be mended directly from the honestly Nevermind album. And I know that sounds crazy to go into that direction because we do remember Sticky was on almost or honestly Nevermind. So Sticky was a banger. Sticky was fun. Everybody loves Sticky. Not everybody loves it, but it's a good song. I think that's what it's going to look like. That's my expectation of the album. So I, honestly, I want to get your expectations. Then I'll kind of go into uh, where this could rank in terms of his dis discography on that side of things. Yeah, so it's crazy because I want to give my expectations. And then I also want to give what I would want from Drake. Because I don't True. necessarily think I'm going to get holistically what I would want from Drake. But I, I do know, I do have a feeling of where I expect him to take this. So I'm on you. I'm just like you. Where I would want him to do, I would want 12 to 14 tracks maximum. I want to be able to just have mm -hmm. a few tracks that I can dissect and, you know, just really get into. I just want a complete album. Every song on this album has a purpose. You know, there's nothing, nothing sounds out of place. Nothing was put there just because you needed more streams. I wanted every song to match sonically and to have a purpose and for um, the schemes and the themes to all play into For All The Dogs, which I think he will do. But my expectation, I feel like Drake doesn't, He's not, he notoriously does not give us short albums. So I believe that he'll give us 16 to 18 tracks. I believe that that'll be where he'll kind of put the album at. And it's Drake. So, I mean, although I would like to have a shorter, cohesive album, if anyone's going to put out 18 tracks that I'm going to listen to all 18, 10 times over, it's going to be Drake. Like he's going to get me to listen to all of them. I just don't want to have to listen to 18 tracks. Mm. I just want to get 12 to 14 of the best work you got sitting in the vault. But so now where are we going to go sonically? So where I would want him to go sonically is I honestly just want bars. I don't even really like care about bangers per se, because I think that, Drake is a type of album. Drake is a type of artist that whatever he drops, like they're going to be bangers. I don't have to worry about Drake dropping bangers at all. If his name on it in itself is a banger. So basically what I'm really trying to get at is where do I want him to go sonically? And all I want is bars, bars, 
bars. I want Instagram captions for the next fucking decade. Uh, all of us posting the same shit again. Who gives a fuck? I love when we all had the same captions. We all did the same shit, had the same captions. We with the boys for all the dogs. We all going to be saying the same shit. That's what I'm looking for. I'm looking for him to go. I mean, I saw the Zane Lowe where Zane Lowe said there's an industry shaking uh, feature and everyone seems to be speculating that it's Frank Ocean because I think right when Zane Lowe said that, Drake uh, put something on his Instagram story with Frank Ocean. So uh, a mm -hmm. lot of people are speculating that Frank Ocean might be on the album, which is really cool and would also lean into your theory that there is some Marvin's Room type sonic sounds on this album. But I just yeah. want Drake spitting with other spitters. I saw that there's potentially Nicky's on this bitch. I need you to bring Wayne back. And don't you dare put Wayne with nobody else. I don't want Wayne, Rick Ross. I don't want Wayne, Jay-Z. I don't want Wayne, Kanye. I just want Drake and Wayne. That's all I need. And when it's just Drake and Wayne, they are 10 out of 10 every single time. And it would literally like, oh, like, I'm the type of person that I'll start the album from top to finish. But if I see Drake and Wayne, there's no shot. I'm not clicking on that first. And I'm not fucking playing it three or four times before I start the album. But that's just me. I also need I also need a fucking 10 p.m. in Tokyo or a fucking three o'clock in Saudi Arabia. I don't know. He's going <laughs> you know he's gonna have a timestamp. I you need a timestamp time. and a random geography. Let me know what the niggas are doing at what time and let's get into it. I need that shit. You know he's gonna give it to us. Oh, you know it would be fire if he just fucking did a whole album where he just told us what he did I'm every every hour. Oh every hour God. where he's at would be so sick. Like 10 a.m. in the studio. Like, bro, that would actually be a sick concept, but that will never happen. No. So basically, I mean, my expectations, like, I think where I really think Drake's going to go is I think he's going to give us, he's got to give us his hits. That's what he's doing. He's going to give us radio bangers. That's that's where he's made his whole career, his whole livelihood is in radio bangers. So, you know, those are going to be up there. Um, I think he's going to do a little less of the sad boy shit. And if he does do the sad boy shit, I think he'll do a different spin on it. I think like maybe the hook will be sad boy, but the verses will be like, but fuck you, nigga, because this is for all the dogs type shit. So I don't know. Those are my expectations. But I mean, I guess now we can kind of. I kind of would like to hear where you would go for where this could be placed because there's a lot of hype. This is not just like another Drake album. It's not honestly never mind. Certified Lover Boy had a lot of hype, but even Drake is playing into this hype. So, um, Sterling, well, where do you think right that, now? Yeah, where do you think that he is kind of shooting for and where you expect this to land in his discography? Well, if I think about his discography, uh, disc discography as terms of like solo albums, so by technicality, this would be his one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eighth studio solo album. Because her loss was a collab album. We don't consider that. A, well, I mean, it's obviously a part of his discography. But yeah, it's not. Solo. But it's not technically. Yeah, time it's not to be alive. Yeah, what I mean, dude, if that was even included, like that shit, it's getting he is blowing every album except for honestly, like 
take care maybe maybe even views in my in my opinion but um and views is controversial because some people don't really understand the artistry behind that i fuck with views my favorite drake album is nothing was the same just just for it to be out there that's my favorite like and so i've got it pulled up on wikipedia right i've got his eight well will be eighth current seven and that where they ranked in the major countries across the world being like france australia yeah canada of course ireland new zealand sweden the uk the us and then how it ranked among us r&b hip-hop and us rap and like looking at this obviously canada is number one every single time in canada and it's number one every single time in the U.S. And it's number one every single time for the U.S. R&B hip-hop. And it's number one every single time for just the U.S. flat out and on the rap side. It's literally super volatile in every other country aside from Canada and the U.S. in terms of where it ranks. But how I would rank it from a personal standpoint, from my view on it, I think about views, I think about take care, and I think about certified lover boy i've put certified lover boy like five or six within his discography personally um and that's nothing against certified lover boy i think you know it did what it had to do it made his money had its hits did what like the so super simple shit because he's got some absolute bangers on there you can go back to now that are like the deep like sad boy hours type shit and it's great um but if I'm from the expectations, not even the expectation, from the hype around this album, what it should and realistically should be, I'm thinking this has to be number two. Ooh. And I know that might sound, yeah, I know that might, might sound bold. Because in my opinion, he is going to try to recreate what Take Care was without, like you kind of said, put a spin on it. Because in my opinion, like, and... I think Views is my favorite album by Drake. I'm gonna put that out there, and I might have said something in the past. That might, it's definitely that might have been. It's definitely his most successful album, so I'm not mad at it. I think. Well, I mean, I think it dropped like our senior year of high school. Um, I want to say, and somewhere around that time, I believe. And I remember even listening to it the first time. No, it didn't drop. Sorry, it released. In 2016, I'm sorry. Views released in 2016. It was um the worst no, part no. about Views is him altering pop style from the original version that came out before yeah. the album drop. If only he didn't do that. Oh my god. Yeah. But no, I love Views. Yeah. yeah. I think Views is the number one album in terms of disco like in terms of a project. Obviously, take care, like I said, is gonna be top three. I don't think there's anything that's ever gonna take in my opinion, views and take care out of the top three. He'd have to go and drop like five more albums that would even get close to them. And I think with all the hype around for all the dogs, if it does not deliver and if it does de- or if it does deliver on what it's expected to be, I think it'll be number two. And reason why, because if I, I think if he does what he needs to do, gives us our sad boy, gives us our bangers, gives us um, a mixture of new stuff, new tried things, good features, like there's no way he can realistically miss. Like, there is literally no way he can realistically miss with this album. He has all the power. The dude is on tour. He literally has girls falling out of their, like, taking, like, I mean, he has a hold on everybody right now. Kids, like six-year-olds. I don't know if you saw that video, bro. 
six-year-old, bro, acting crazy. Acting crazy. He's got the type of hysteria that was around Michael Jack when he was alive, when he was on tour. That's the type of hysteria that he's got going on. So that's my expectation on where it will land on its discography. And obviously, we'll discuss it more when it does drop. Hopefully, it's this Friday. I don't want to get pushed off even more. Like, I'm just going to get annoyed at this point. Like, and he knows he can, he can literally wait to the end of the year and people are still going to love that shit when it drops. It doesn't matter. So I want to kind of see where you say you would rank it because it's obviously personal preference, but I definitely think in terms of overall discography and the ability to tell a story and have a complete album, I think if he does it the right way, it will be number two. Yeah, so I mean, when I'm looking at his discography, and like I said, so personally, I would have... I would have, so there's two ways to look at his discography. There's how you think it's going to perform or how the album's performed and how they aged as a whole project and um, timeless pieces and moments in life. So I have Take Care as his number one album. I think uh, Take Care is... When I think of Drake, I think Take Care embodies what Drake is sonically as a rapper and as an artist in one project. Um, Views is his most successful album. I think that's what really, I think Views is what made Drake global with songs like One Dance, Controller. Those are global tracks that transcend geographies, transcend time, transcend genders and race. Those are songs that are going to be enjoyed by anyone, anytime, any day. So from a performance perspective, I could see that being number one. But what I judge from uh, one to three is more so, I mean, I judge it based off the culture. It's our shit. It's black people. So what what do the black people fuck with the most? That's what I go off of. So when I think of For All the Dogs and what it can do performance-wise, if we going off of performance, I see For All the Dogs coming around. Like I, I, I see it in the top five range. Probably closer to the four to five range just in, in terms of performance. Um and how it and the numbers because i think that like drake can't get any bigger i don't believe like i think drake is he's at his peak and he's able to hold his peak longer than most people but i think the biggest time for an artist the um the time where they're able to capitalize and hit their biggest peak when it comes to an album dropping is right when they become the man and then they solidify it which is what I think Views was. So he had Take Care. He had Nothing Was the Same. And, you know, um, that was right after Wayne was kind of dominating. And he was kind of taking the pedestal from Wayne. And Wayne gave him the baton. And Drake ran with it. And we were like, okay, so Drake's next up. And then Views came out. And it was that's what solidified it. And that's what took off. Kind of like Carter Three for Lil Wayne. That solidified him. And that's what took off. That's what's going to be his peak. And I'm like you. I don't think that. I don't think he's passing that. But mm-hmm. from a critically acclaimed perspective, if Drake finally gives us a rap cohesive project, because even though I think Take Care and Views are, I think Take Care and Views are his only 
classic albums. And I say that with caution because I grade classics very, very tough. Classics. Are, I, I only Wayne is my favorite artist. I only think he has one classic um, album in his whole discography, which is Carter Three. So you know, I grade them really tough, and I think Views and Take Care are his only classic albums. But if he gives us a concise, short rap album with cohesion and great feature features, I think that critically, this could be Drake's best album and why i say that is because this is what we've always wanted everyone's at he's literally done everything for us he's gave us pop he's gave us a uh, dance he's gave us r&b he's given us rap but he has not just given us that one project where it's just like oh okay drake can do that too drake can sit down and he could show you that i'm in that kendrick lane I can do that Kendrick shit, but Kendrick, he don't be selling enough for me. So I ain't trying to do that shit, which is what I think that Drake, which is, I honestly think Drake can do that. I think Drake can do that fucking artistic. Let me talk about some deep shit, but like, get the fuck away, nigga. You don't move, you don't move bills, nigga. I moved 900 units first week. Get the fuck out my face, bro. So <laughs> I think Drake is going to sit down and let everyone know, yo, Jay-Z, Wayne, Kendrick, Cole, Kanye, Sit down, bro, because if anything has shown us about the new generation, it's light-skinned nigga time, bro. Dark-skinned niggas, we had our run. We got Steph Curry. We got Patrick Mahomes. Drake is here. It's light niggas. It's light-skinned nigga time. I, what can I say, bro? It's a rough, if it's rough route, rough bout for our, my, my dark-skinned brothers up there, my regular-skinned brothers. We had a strong there. run, man. <laughs> yeah years years bro lebron lebron we had lebron we had michael oh man i mean we had all these great, great athletes and we had jackson I, for the the biggest part <laughs> yep <laughs> for the most important part yeah, yeah. <laughs> and everything else just came wherever it went but yeah. no man i think that like when it comes down to it um drake's obviously you know ridiculously uh talented when it comes to it's and this might be taken the wrong way if people don't hear it correctly he's critically or he's extremely talented when it comes to the ability to grasp attention especially at this point in his career he understands what people what kind of like i don't want to make this sound sexual bro like i'm trying like to think of better words but he knows how to like fuck it he knows how to tease you like in oh, yeah. the right way yeah like he knows what you want because he's a, he's a person too he's a fan of music you've got to be a fan of music if you're one of the best artists to ever walk the planet you literally have to be if you're not you're just a weirdo and that's just impossible because then you want make good music it's like the same ideology is like if you don't love cooking typically your food's not going to taste as good like or you don't enjoy who you're cooking for it's not going to taste the same like there's all these different types of notions and i think that he enjoys like, I definitely think that Drake's a little egotistical and he loves the hype that he gets from the people, especially, I'm sure, especially the women that he gets from his music, his concerts, the dopamine he gets from that is like, it's literally equivalent to crack. Shout out the crack epidemic. 
It's um, probably 10 times stronger when you're standing on that stage and everyone's yelling at you. It's got to be the most surreal high a person can feel. Oh, yeah, dude. I mean, he's got he doesn't even have to do a concert. He doesn't have to sing the lyrics or even act like he's singing the lyrics. They will do the concert for two hours while he's there or what is it two i think he's i think he's his stage time is like an hour and a half i can't remember what it is it's like he i mean just to be honest like drake you look in shape bro but i know you ain't in shape because you ain't actually singing the lyrics like you are dead i know damn well if you were out there for two hours you would have died you will die and most people would so i'm not just getting at him but that's the case and i i think like I agree with you. If he dropped an all rap album, he can do that and go and stay in that lane and sell and, and be number one. And honestly, not be number one, not only be number one, but make an enjoyable album. Honestly, I'm trying to see him low key. Like I'm going to back up kind of what I said. Like I'm fine. If he don't drop no sad boy shit. Now that I think about it, if he I goes in there, I'm he's good just... on the sad boy shit. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you got, your, you got your hits, you got your bangers. Like I can listen to all those. And if you throw one in there, I'll be like, Oh, this is cool. But if you got some shit where I'm out, you're out here just being an absolute dog, like saying just reckless. But because he can't see the thing is, is like Drake's not like the weekend, right? Where the weekend that Jesus Christ, that where the weekend, like he is known to just disrespect women through his lyrics, bro. Like just flat out disrespect them. Um, and speaking of him, his uh, his show got canceled. It's not coming out for a second season. Um, the, that shit yeah, that good. shit was ass, but yeah, that shit was not good. Um, but in that same vein, Drake had never demeaned women in his in his in his uh lyricism, and I'm not saying he should demean any woman. Like that's that's I mean, but it's artistry, right? You can't take it too seriously. Um, and if you do, you know, whatever. But like he's not known for that, and then like honestly, he's got more female friend uh, fans than he has male friend fans. Like really, like girls be reciting his lyrics. Like they've been listening to all him since goddamn day bro. one. He got everybody. I mean, yeah, he he got everybody. He got, <laughs> he got, he got, he got more female days. fans because there's more females in the world. But he got everybody but Chad. Yeah, he got the they. He <laughs> but Chad. He got the they's. He got the them's. He got the hims. He got the he's. He got the she's. She. He's got the hers. E.T. somewhere out there in space bumping <laughs> bumping Drake right now, bro, waiting for oh, all yeah. the dogs. And because he's, I mean, and in reality, like, Drake, he knows he can't miss. He could put up a trash album in reality. To, like, real music fans, it'll be trash, and but we'll still listen to it because it's Drake. To people that are just like, oh, like, no offense to the ladies out there, because a lot of women don't be listening to the lyrics. They just be singing them. And don't realize what people be saying in their lyrics. I'm I've seen it firsthand, like literally firsthand. They be saying some toxic ass shit about women, and then my, and I'm like, damn, like you said that, like you meant that shit, like <laughs> that that shit was toxic, like not even just with Drake, but any artist. So, what I'm thinking is is that like. Like I said, if he does, or like you said, if he does deliver a rap album, he can go in that lane and deliver an amazing album where he's just dropping. Like, cause he, Drake knows all, bro. He knows everything. He's like a godfather at this point. Like, anything that happens within the industry, Drake knows. No doubt. Drake and then knows. also, like, he knows who and where. To piggyback off of what you said about, this could be like we need a toxic album. 
Niggas are down bad. We don't need a sad boy album. Niggas have been globally sad for the past decade. Suicide rates up for men are high as they've ever been. They're depressed. They ain't getting no pussy. Like, niggas down bad. They need, and Drake is a trendsetter. Drake is going to tell us what's in and what's not for the next two to three years off this album. I remember Drake, he killed party buses. He was on the he was on her laws talking about, oh, you were doing party buses. We were doing that back in 09. Niggas can't do party buses no more. Like <laughs> he, he killed that shit. He finna tell us what the playbook is for the next year or two. And honestly, I'm down for that. You might say what you can say what you want, bro, but at the end of the day, if Drake comes out and says niggas on fuckboy shit. Ladies, I'm sorry. Niggas finna be on fuckboy shit. Like, that's just how it's going to go. Empower us, you, you're like, not we, even going to listen to the album and you're going to be affected by that wave because that's just what niggas going to be on. Yeah, bro. Like, I mean, he needs it. Like, and look, I have nothing against women empowerment. Bro. Like, I, I will continue to say this over and over and over and over again. I will continue to say this. But I'm tired of it always be women empowerment, bro. Like, there is no male empowerment anywhere, bro. Like, if we even try to act masculine, we get beat down. Like, I need you to, like, Drake, as, as, as a fan of yours, as someone that listens to your music on a daily basis, I don't even have to try to listen to you. I could put my shit on shuffle play and somehow, Drake, pop up. Drake, 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 he here. Look, six songs in a row. It's Drake. He just featured on it. It's just featured. Like... I need something to I can like sing to because like bro like you said like a lot of the boys the bros are down bad if it's really for all the dogs look girls ain't dogs they kittens bro. like they're kittens in this con in this context and like and it's not to say women ain't dogs I work with a couple of women especially that are absolute dogs and they are dogs bro I'm not talking about like necessarily when it comes directly to like relationships and how they handle men or anything nah they just dogs all around like they know what it's about but in this context they are kittens and kittens like they can have their space they get they look you got 75% women at your shows bro like you I mean you they getting what they want bro bros ain't got the money no more because we down bad we trying to save our money to to pay for these girls to go to these shows trying to be one percent niggas yeah we're trying to be one percent like you already made it there bro like if and that will honestly and i'm gonna be 100 percent honestly now i'm thinking about it if his if his album is like and got no dog shit like not dog shit as in like it's bad but like dog shit in it and it's for all the dogs, I'm going to be like, I will directly grade that album lesser because of that. Oh, yeah. You can't name it like, for all the dogs. Like, he kind of, like, fucked us up with Certified Lover Boy too, because he didn't really take that album in the direction that he kind of marketed it to. So I'm really hoping that's not the case, because Drake's a marketing genius. Like, he knows what he's doing, but... I don't give a fuck how smart you are in marketing, bro. You ain't going to fool my ass. Adonis did not draw that goddamn dog. There ain't nobody in this world that could tell me that that dog was <laughs> that Adonis drew that dog. That dog looks like someone was trying to draw it like Adonis. Because it, it looks like a kid's drawing, but it also looks so artistically clean and um, purposeful and intentful. That it's like, yeah. there's no way Adonis just sat there and was like, 
oh dad this is for all the dogs it's like no like you fucking did that you gave it maybe adonis colored it in because it looked like that nigga colored <laughs> maybe he colored it in on some bullshit but or somebody was sitting right beside him while they were doing it and like you should do this but there ain't no way adonis just came like hey, nah, Drake, they, they, like, like no they had they had his hand they had adonis's hand right and then they had the other person like this doing it for they, like, yeah, it was on her they had it, it was a uh it was a powerpoint and adonis was drawing and then he just clicked the next slide and was like "Ooh, you did a dog and i was like i drew that like yeah dumbass little nigga yeah. curly headed nigga get the fuck out of here <laughs> no but i'm i'm no on a serious note like i will actually be genuinely disappointed if it's like bro like you playing to the ladies again bro this is for the dogs this ain't for the ladies if you wanted, if you wanted to make an album for the one for the ladies, which is no problem if you do that, bro, because I'll still listen to it. It ain't gonna stop me from listening to it. But it's like you could have just called it for the ladies. It should have been like, certified lover boy. Yeah, like that's literally what you make it. So from a fan standpoint, I'm sure you can attest or not even attest, but agree with this. It's like, dude, we want to hear you like rap. We want you to be a demon. We want that because like dudes need that energy right now bro like we really do like i'm speaking for all the male population or who claims to be a man uh population we need that bro it is not easy out here the empowerment of women is insane and it's awesome uh for for them to have that but brother we gotta we gotta have something we gotta have something i've been hearing meg the stallion booty shake ice spice <laughs> munch for the last three years sexy bro. red need, fucking booty hole and shit brown and shit. i need i need something brother like i've been absolutely eviscerated on every social media app of just shaking booty yes girl do that nobody cares yes they do honey they care i promise they <laughs> care it is not some made-up shit like you do what you want but pay the consequences later we've done talked about this yeah <clears throat> yeah so let us know what you think down below what are your expectations for drake's album where do you think this will land on his discography let us know we want to hear from you guys we love when you tell us like what's going on and your thoughts that's what this is all about that's what the community is about yes i and definitely i concur i'm all for it i need to hear the thoughts and especially when the album drops you can honestly drop it on the same video and then even the next one um letting us know like when we do react to it like what y'all are saying because honestly if this shit misses i'm about to absolutely torment this man i don't care if you got all types of lawyer i will literally go down i will go to jail if this should disappoint Honest, okay I whoever see. gives the best prediction for what this drake album would be expectations for how it's going to sound where it's going to land on discography you will be uh spoken about on the next episode we will give you a shout out we will speak about your prediction on the topic and make sure that it's heard. So drop a prediction below. Whoever has the closest one, the best prediction, whenever this comes out, we won't forget. You will be shouted out on the reaction video episode. Yes, yes, I, I concur. But on that note, let's jump into a different ballpark for a second. Uh, not necessarily a different ballpark, but 
not Drake ballpark in this moment. So as of as of recently, Justin Bieber, Ariana Grande, Jay Balvin, and Demi Lovato all want out with the notorious manager Scooter Braun. Um, and that being said, obviously to give a backstory, not even a backstory, but if you guys haven't heard the word the name Scooter Braun, you guys aren't music fans. And if this is your first time hearing it, become a music fan right now because it's about to happen. You gotta know, you gotta figure this out. But knowing, obviously, with Scooter Braun and I mean, Mike, we know his past in terms of like the whole situation with Taylor Swift. A lot of people right now are feeling like there could be a lot of backlash or just bad press in general uh, that could come out from from him, like him specifically, soon. And that's where some of these artists are trying to get away from Scooter Braun as a manager. I want to kind of get your thoughts on what one. Just honestly, fuck it. I'm not even going to ask the question. I just want to get your thoughts on it, like your initial thoughts and kind of what you thought when you've been seeing this as it's been uh, progressing over the last couple of weeks or so, a week or so. When I first saw this come up, I was on X um, and I saw um, Justin Bieber. It was splitting from Scooter Braun. And I was like, whoa, that's huge. Scooter Braun found Justin Bieber when he was a child. If you don't know, he found him on YouTube. Uh, Looked him up, searched, found him, made him who he is today. Uh, well, I, don't, I wouldn't say he made him who he is today, but he is the guy that drove his career from a business and marketing perspective, branding perspective, to help Justin Bieber become the icon because Justin Bieber is an icon. He's literally in the icon. pop style. He's, in, he's literally in the, uh, I want, is it the pop style video? Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. He's literally in star. there chilling with him. Yeah, pop star, pop, not pop star. Yeah, pop star. Yes, go yeah. watch the video. You'll know exactly what we're talking about when you see it. But yeah, so he he's made Justin Bieber an icon, and um, so when I saw that, I was like, "Whoa, that's huge!" I know that you know that has come out a few times that Bieber and them have had beef, and they they fixed it, and you know, um, so not surprisingly, so a couple hours later. It came out that like, hey, that was false. And I was like, oh, okay, false alarm, whatever, blah, 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 blah. Then I think fast forward later on that day, or maybe the next day, I'm drawing a blank on that. Um, I saw Ariana splitting with Scooter Braun. Hour later, Demi Lovato splitting with Scooter Braun. Hour later, Jay Balvin splitting with Scooter Braun. Another hour later, it came out that Justin Bieber wants to split with Scooter Braun, but is in contract for four years and has hired a lawyer to get him out of that contract. Only thing going through my mind is what did this nigga do? What did this nigga yeah. do? And I have a lot of respect from Scooter Braun from a business perspective and from a manager's perspective because he's, he's created icons. Like, he's created Justin Bieber he grabbed Ariana Grande when she was a redhead on Victorious and made her into the biggest pop star from on a female's or a girl's perspective. I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, and made her huge as hell. And he's made and he's he's good as fuck at what he does. And then he bought Taylor Swift's discography. And, you know, you know, the whole story about that. And he kind of fucked her situation up and flipped her. He finessed her, bro. Yeah. And then he finessed. And then flipped her uh, discography for an extra 200 mil. Bullshit, nigga. That's just 
boss shit. I'm sorry, T Swift. Maybe you should have owned your goddamn masters, but he bossed your ass. But T Swift got the last laugh. She re-recorded her stuff, and obviously we see what she's doing and the money that's coming into her. So she got the last laugh, and she's doing some boss shit too. Everyone's bosses. But what could possibly happen? Uh, I heard that he might be getting, um, there's an investigation on some illegal shit that maybe he might have did. Maybe they're trying to split their way out of that. But personally, I feel like there was probably bad blood between all of them from the jump. I think that mm -hmm. for a long time, because this came out that Ariana and Scooter have had problems, that Justin Bieber and Scooter have had problems. I feel like these guys have wanted to split themselves away from Scooter Braun but probably felt like he was too powerful to do so or too connected into or intertwined in their, in their fame and in their business to split away from him. And you also got to think about these, these artists are young. Yes, we known them for our whole entire lives, but we've known them as young kids and they're still young, like adults. So they're probably just now getting the cojones to fucking Ayo, fuck you, nigga. I'm Jay Beebs in this motherfucker. I'm I'm the pop star. You were just the guy that came in there for two seconds, but I ran that whole video so you can back off. So that's kind of, I don't know what it could be, and I cannot wait for it to come out because I love this kind of shit. I love it. Let it come out. But um, I'm on the edge of my seat, but that's my initial thoughts. What were you kind of thinking when you saw all this drop? <laughs> honestly that's probably one of the first times i've ever yawned on this podcast i'm not gonna sit here and cap um it's just i mean just like mike it's been a long couple weeks long just a long couple week weeks and, um but that being said obviously yeah I, I mean scooter braun is the guy when it comes to talent management management in general um in the music industry in the industry in general and he's laid kind of more or less a ground or a foundation on how things should be done. One, how to seek talent, and then two, how to make it flourish. And then, how can I make money being hit, I being Scooter Braun, make money off of someone who's obviously going to do fine with or without me, mm -hmm. but make them feel as if they need me and understand they can't leave me if they want to keep their fame. It's, I mean, it's masterclass manipulation. Masterclass. I mean, literally <laughs> masterclass. I give I give him 10 out of 10, 10 stars. Um, and when seeing this, obviously, yes, the first thing you think is like, what the heck did he do that all of these phenomenally famous artists want to split with him so suddenly or are splitting and want to split with him? So my speculation is because, I mean, he doesn't seem like he's the greatest guy in the world. Like, I mean... No, not at all. But, people, he's not very well liked by most uh, celebrities. Yes, yeah, I mean, brother, I mean, if you're getting all these great artists to some point, like at a young age, you're doing something. You are like monopolizing young talent, essentially. You have done something that nobody else was willing or and or going to do to get them. I guarantee that. That's one. Two, if we think back to the Taylor Swift thing, when he flipped her discography, which is funny, it's still funny as fuck, 
fuck the Swifties. Just kidding. I have nothing against the Swifties. I, I appreciate That's compassion. It's a big group to say fuck to. No, <laughs> <laughs> no. Nah, nah. I, I can appreciate very passionate fans for one particular artist. I'm just not the biggest fan of Taylor Swift. I can get on with it because she's got some bangers. I can get on with it. But I will never call myself a Swifty because y'all are wild. Y'all y'all on a different level of wild. It's like fangirl type type A type shit. Um, but in that case, if you think about him just flipping the discography and just doing it, bought it, bought the shit, like made sure it was legal, all everything, all the papers are good. He's got every right to do it. Nobody should do it, right? Like it's not an ethical thing to do. But legally, in the 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 where the where the uh, the lines have to be signed, the, the dotted lines and whatnot, yeah, he can do whatever the fuck he want, and he sure did flip that shit, make a quick two hundo. I mean that, and like I, me thinking about that, like I said, like you said earlier, like I respect the hell out of that as a businessman, like yeah, bro, it may not be ethical. But, bro, it's legal. Like, you can't necessarily... You can be mad at me, but in reality, you gave me the rights to do it. Thirdly, this is 2023, man. Right? I mean, like, we know it's 2023. A lot of th things have changed, not only in the careers of these artists, but in the world, specifically where these artists dominate in the United States. Well, not necessarily J Balvin necessarily, but I mean, yes, yes and no. But a majority of the artists dominate population. Women's rights, right? One, the huge thing we were just talking about, women's rights and empowerment. Two, the inclusion of people, like inclusion, all, all inclusiveness with the LGBTQ plus, yeah, plus, because they, 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 they couldn't use as many acronyms anymore, but uh, they had to put a plus sign. So that community, you have the uh, the way that politics are went about now. You have, and I know this might even not sound relevant, but like hookup cultures become more of a thing since that time. All these different things have changed, and just specifically in the United States, not only that, but in the world. And you have to remember, as if there's, I assume there's something, and I don't mean to be that guy to speculate about like anything sensual or sexually related things like this where people make big moves fast that's what i always equate it to unfortunately because those are some things that people just don't screw around with like there's no like well it's, it's got to be something on that magnitude at least even if it's not yes. in that realm i understand exactly where you're getting to because when we see celebrities move away from people like that especially before the news gets out then like mm -hmm. that's a fire alarm. that's the law he either did yeah. something that they know about and don't want to be associated with or he's making moves that um affect them in a severe way that they want to get out of that situation and i mean like there's just too many people everybody wants to get out i saw uh carly ray jepson say she's gonna leave but like bro i'm not even reporting on your ass <laughs> he's like he probably got the news justin bieber's leaving oh fuck no ariana's leaving god damn it demi j balvin fuck carly ray jepson he's like Oh, I still own Carly Rae Jepsen's shit. Like, let me sell that little Friday bullshit. <laughs> she was call me later. She was oh, call, call me, me later. Call, call me. me later. Yeah, yeah. My bad. My bad. Yeah. Call me maybe whatever. Yeah, Friday was uh, Rebecca Black. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. Both oh, of them God. just as annoying and whatnot. But you ain't made shit since then, Carly Ray. Like he ain't worried about you. And even no, if something bad. happened with Scooter Braun, no one's gonna associate that with Carly Ray Jepsen because they have no clue she's on the management or no no clue she's still dropping music. I didn't know. So, I didn't know, bro. So like I don't know what she's doing, but okay. No, I mean, and, and I hate to, I, like I said, I hate to speculate in that direction because it's saddening because if that is the case or even comes out as an allegation to that point, like the thing about allegations, and I'm very big on this, like as a, especially as a black guy, like, right? Allegations can make or break people, bro. Like allegations, not even something that's proven. Like I can go out and say that Michael, Michael went and Don't stole 200 million... No, 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 no. I ain't gonna say nothing, nothing around that. Was like, oh, Mike stole two hundred and fifty thousand dollars from this bank, like hypothetically, right? And then say the bank comes up short one day, and they're like, oh, we're short three hundred twenty thousand, like, and they're the, they're that same type of. I mean, granted, he's not a famous person, but say he was. And that was the case, and somebody gets around to it, the news pops out, and there's like, oh, shit, like, this is adding up. And maybe he didn't do it. It was some just, maybe they were just 320 short, yeah. which is insane. If, you're, if your bank is 320 short, bro, you need to get out of there ASAP, because they're going to start, they're going to hit you with that. Uh, what bank was that out there in uh, the West Coast? First Bank. Um, no, was it First Bank? Didn't First Collapse as well? There's no, a, there's, yeah, there's a, it was the Valley Bank too. Yes, First Bank too. Yes, First Bank as well. But either way, either way, those types of things can affect your entire the rest of your career in that industry that you're in. Um, yeah, man, I think that when it comes down to it, I hope that in the sense of allegations that they don't screw them over for something that's like say it's falsely accused but if this many people are stepping out on it either they're all getting on the bandwagon at one time and it's like a group think type of thing or this shit really did happen whatever they are speculating or whatever the allegation is going to come out to be and they just have to prove it at that point and i mean i personally think it's I, I think it's white collar i think what's i think what's going to transpire mm. is like big Hopefully. business white collar fucking cutting corners in the music game because i mean like that's just kind of that's the kind of businessman to be honest that i get from like scooter braun i kind of get that feeling like he's uh you know he's cutting corners but he's too big to be knocked down but like now it's like biting he's, he's, he's gonna vulnerable. bite him in the ass like usually what the government does is they let you keep doing it and they keep stacking a case and they're not gonna bring the case on unless they have a pretty strong feeling that they're going to the rico case man. yeah yeah that they're going to lock you up for so they need you to keep going so they can keep piling evidence until they have enough that looks like okay we got a strong case so that's if i had to guess that's what i would say it is but i also don't like guessing what an allegation is i'm just going to sit back and wait and you know when it does come out best believe that it will be discussed and brought back up right here on the after dark podcast so do not even worry about it we will we will rehash this conversation later on for sure for sure bro and and i and one last thing i wanted to say is that i hope for the literal sake of all of these artists and scooter braun himself as a person because like i said i don't know any of these people i honestly quite frankly don't 
care about them, especially Taylor Swift. She's the last person I care about. But like in Carly Rae, nobody cares about you. But I hope for the sake of it, it is only white collar crime. And I hope it's not more than that. And it's crazy to me that the government, the government is, I just want like, I'm not trying to be the conspiracy weird person here or anything like that, but it's crazy that the government does this for a lot of stuff. They be letting people do this for like decades. Yes, they literally, like, even the craziest shit, they'll just let you run that bitch up because they're not going to, well, one, they might not have the evidence to lock you out like they can know that you're doing this but have nothing to pinpoint it it's kind of like nothing the ynw melly um case that we talked about how they brought him there but they have no concrete evidence which is why it got dismissed like nothing to pin him on it so you kind of have to let these niggas run wild until it's like ha you slipped and now because you slipped just enough we can bring back up all this other shit that might not directly tie to you but can fit the narrative of what we're trying to paint here. Yeah. Why is my other aunt calling me, bro? No, no, no. We going we holding off on this shit now. <laughs> um, but um, with that being said, I definitely, I definitely hope it's nothing negative, like super negative, where it's going to be detrimental, like super detrimental. But the, the the odds are definitely not in my man's favor right now. And good thing he got that boy Justin Bieber to a four-year contract because he got that he had a lick on my boy. Even though Justin Bieber don't even make music like that, he's making money off of his image. So like he's just chilling, just chilling. But in the other news, um, and we'll stay on the music thing till we get to our, our one of the last topics here. Um, recently, um, our man Billy McFarland got straight got straight out of. Uh, got straight out of prison just recently and he immediately launched the fire festival or fire festival two and for those that might have like a little bit of like a i guess a brief not even like a real understanding of what the fire festival is uh there was a fire festival fire festival scheduled and it was revealed during like a widespread fraud basically by billy mcfarland and so he like it's just hilarious to me that the first thing he does first day out my boy's like hey we doing another fire festival like it was already a scam he already scammed people that's why he's in jail one of the reasons why he's he in still jail. owes them money it, too yeah and so the funny thing about that is it sold out instantly instantaneously so i mean us being the the conscious black folks here i'm sure i kind of know the answer to this question but um are these people crazy mike or would you go to this fire festival as well these niggas are crazy as fuck crazy as fuck for going and i would go as well can't two things be true at the same time? Like, let's be honest. The only reason why I'm not going to go is because I'm not going to drop the 500 to $1,500. That's probably what these tickets are going for. But let's say it was a measly $250, $300, and I had to get a plane ticket. I mean, for the story, why not? I mean, why not? Because now I know what to expect. I'm going in there 
hoping he fucks up again so I can make it on a documentary. And what I'm going to do is I'm going to have a backup plan. I'm not going in there, like, giving all of my um, my festival knees in the hands of Billy McFarlane because uh, I know exactly how that played out last time, and you don't even have Ja Rule with you. So, I mean, you ain't even got no old classic bangers with you this time. Ja Rule said, fuck no. But it's just crazy to me that he gets out of prison, he still owes money to all these people and all these investors, and he said, hey, I know exactly how to get your money back. Fire Festival 2. <laughs> it's like, let's run it back. Let's run it back. And this time, there's going to be ham on those cheese breads and lettuce. They're going to be ham and turkey on that bitch. I promise I'm going to buy ham and turkey on that bitch this time. Guess And guess what's also crazy? It's sold out. He has not announced where it's going to be and who's going to play. And I guarantee you, he has no clue where it's going to be or who's going to play. <laughs> I guarantee you that it's, is not solidified it's already. Insane. It's insane. No, I, I'm literally reading it as we speak right now. Like, literally, there is no final destination because originally it was supposed to be in, I believe it was supposed to be in, uh, what was it? Like, Exuma Bahamas. Like, it's supposed to be in the Bahamas, which, first off, like, there's so many, like, the documentaries I'm reading because I've, I've watched a couple of them. You obviously got Hulu's Fire Fraud. You had Netflix's fire the greatest party that never happened cnbc did a skit on or or an episode on it in american greed which you if you on the C cnbc and they do an american greed bro like yeah you made it bro like it's it's there you're done uh and then they they did the con tv series about it on abc if you guys didn't get a chance to like even like i peeped at it like way back um it wasn't the greatest but it was still kind of cool but in that case to answer the question, I'm kind of with you at the same point, man. Like, I'm crazy as fuck. But I also know that I'm like, I'm still young. I was just having a conversation with my aunt about this. Like, I'm still young. I still want to do things. And I want to do things that are fun. Like, I'd love to have went to the, if it ever happened, and obviously it didn't happen, but go to the Bahamas to go see what Skepta and, and Ray Shrimmerd and all these people out there at almost like coming off of their peak or going to their peak or Skepta has obviously been a part of the UK game for God knows how long blink 182. I, I mean, I really could care less, but I'd be fucking off of so much like, Whoa, can't be saying that. Um, <laughs> I'd be, I'd be having a good time, like, and just hanging out. And like, I feel like it'd just be a vibe. I feel like you can't have a bad time there. I wouldn't even be there for like the ladies or nothing. It'd just be like, I'm there with my people, like trying to have a fucking blast and have a real memory. Um, hopefully something I can remember that'd be the, that's, that's the goal, but you know, we, we hold it to that. Yes. And at the same time, are these people crazy? Yes. Very much so crazy as fuck. But guess what? Like you said, I'm going to make me some money off this. I'm going to figure out some way I'm going to be cool. Because, I mean, I think if this somehow falls through for the second time, bro. Man, can it happen? Like, part of me wants to say, can this can really it happen, happen twice? a second time? But history, but history tends to repeat itself. We know this, right? Yeah. History tends to repeat itself. God, 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 for, I mean, God forbid if the Holocaust uh, repeated itself, that'd be insanity. But um we don't want why that did happen. that even 
<laughs> but it's like the one of the most it's one of the most horrific events well that's obviously in yeah but like we're talking about a fire festival and just <laughs> <laughs> no but i get you i get you yeah yeah no but in that same vein it's like yes like i'm thinking the same thing because like it's like um like for a very many example it's like oh like it's like if i take this shot this layup i'm not going to miss this layup twice in a row like this i can't miss a layup twice like but the fact is on this one it might even be worse it might even be more likely to happen because of the fact that who the fuck is going to going to commit as an artist to go to this yeah, and who's he might put just their be name scanning. on it yeah like who's going to put their name on this like you're not going to get like right now like the biggest artist in the world you've got dave out of the uk right you've got dave out of the uk you've got central c out of the uk you've got um Obviously, Drake, you got Travis. You guys are standard Bad candidates. Bunny, Drake, Travis, T-Swift, Bad Bunny, T-Swift, Weekend. Ariana's kind of on her way down, but especially with the with the Scooter Braun shit like we were just talking about, I don't think they're trying to get themselves attached to another possible scandal. <laughs> I think they got too um, much going on over there. Yeah. JB, um, Party Next Door isn't even really up and coming. Like He's just kind of there at this point. Um all right, party. No, out of all those names that we just said, party next door did not need to be mentioned. Well, I mean, I, I was, and I also was been listening to some party next door as of late too, so I think that's why I brought them up. But, <laughs> um, and then you've got all these other in twenty twenty one Savage ain't putting his shit on that, his name on that, bro. Like, you're not gonna have anybody relevant. Like, you're gonna have to find somebody desperate, like somebody that needs Carly Rae Jepsen, maybe. Um. <laughs> maybe you could entertain maybe, with that maybe. One. I mean, I don't know. Shit, she don't got Scooter Bra no more, so she's gonna have to find a way to get some work. Bro, she probably working to make McDonald's right now, for all we know. But um <laughs> uh but like that being But if people go in there, do you really like do you think that they want a successful festival or do you think they kind of hope it happens again? I feel like if I was going, part of me would be like Okay, if this is successful, that's beast because that's a story in itself. He's a redemption story. It's it's fire. Blah 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 blah. But like another part of me is like, man, it would be cool to be there and it fucked up again. And I had that story, and I can come back here the next Wednesday at eight p.m. and fucking tell the world how this shit was ass, and Billy McFarlane will never see the light of day again. <laughs> Well, I mean, it's also at the same time. If it say it happened in the Bahamas again, I, I mean, I don't think I don't think he got the bread to even like propose that shit again. Um, even think about proposing. You gonna get me to get up to go to the bar to commit a flight to the Bahamas, bro? A flight, and then I'm gonna already have to pay five, six, seven hundred dollars for a ticket. And I don't know nah, who's bro. gonna perform. Yeah, like I'm just gonna throw my money. Like these are for like, and no offense like to anybody that's like dumb and possibly could be white in this particular situation um but this is for the dumb rich white folk bro when they just <laughs> like i'm gonna just throw 1200 at this like ugh, like 12 like a lot i mean you'd be surprised a lot of people could probably throw 1200 this and not be too hurt like not be too too hurt i mean i could probably throw a healthy 1200 that'd be okay like 
But it's like, am I gonna just throw twelve hundred dollars at something that is gonna like could possibly be an absolute disaster? And then it might be a bad, a bad enough disaster where, say, hypothetically, I can't even, I won't even get on my flight to the Bahamas type of disaster. I don't even get to be there for the disaster, disaster. Like, this is a streamer's the, paradise, though. Oh, 100 percent, hundred percent. Aiden and Ross, Kaisen, that like I like I expect you. Know, I show speed. These guys should be jumping on on the festival trying to get there and streaming 24-7 because if it fucks up again, that is gold. That's literally streaming gold. Yeah, I mean, if he can get some notable artists, like somebody that's willing to put their neck out on the line, probably Ray Shermer again because Ray Shermer is kind of, you know, Sway Lee's really just – the only relevant, but like, say Sway, like, you can't even, honestly, Sway Lee probably wouldn't agree to doing that, because Sway Lee's fine right now, he's just a music, or a movie soundtrack guy at this point, which is, hey, hey, bro, takes good money in the movie soundtrack business. Um, His biggest song's probably a movie soundtrack song with Sunflower, right? So Yeah, I mean, Sunflower's huge, and that song's so fucking annoying. Um, I'm so tired of hearing yeah, that. Yeah. I hear it everywhere any story you can go to an h or an urban outfitter to be playing sunflower nah bro i don't want to fucking hear this i need some play me something else but if he could attach a couple he only needs a couple big names and he needs to but ideally if i'm thinking like if i'm as a businessman here and i'm thinking like how can i recoup this scam that i already did like i literally already did it once i'm about to try to do it again but i'm trying to get it real good this time like, how am I going to recoup it? He's got to be able to target other continents aside from the United States effectively, like very effectively. Like it has to, you have to get into the UK. Like you have to. The, there's something about anybody from the UK. They love music. bro. Like they love music. Music is like everything. And it's does publicity US... hit like those artists like it does American artists? Like I feel like bad publicity. I mean, I obviously don't get UK news, so I don't know how bad publicity works over there. But I think cancel culture is very much so an American phenomenon, more so than a global mm -hmm. phenomenon. Yeah, and that's just the American way. We take we take good things, aka social media, and we just absolutely ruin them. Uh, that's typically how it works. I mean, we saw what happened to Barack. He looked like a great old man after his eight years in there, and he looked like a young man when he got in, you know, those types of things. But yes, I, I mean, I had the pleasure of speaking with a guy from the UK last week. Uh, I guess he's became a mutual friend of mine at this point. But like he, like the way that he speaks about the um, like music and like understanding of it is so vast and more or less in depth. And it makes you realize like, damn, like, they really know music like they not only that he was already into it but like he's like no my friends are like this too like all the people i know are like this like we are like that we know all the artists like everybody knows all the artists everybody knows this that and the other like they don't need to be explained like who brent fiaz is for example like i feel like brent fiaz is a low-key but a high-key guy in america like he's a high-key guy but he's also a low-key guy i didn't know who brent fiaz was until like probably end of 2021 roughly I ain't listening to Brent Fiaz, bro. Like, the fuck? Yeah. He be making some weird shit. But, I mean, his, his some of his music bangs. Like, some people don't even know who, didn't even know who Six Lack was for the longest time until he was on Calling My Phone. Is that how you say it? I always called him, I always thought it was black. I think it's technically black, but I also call him Six Lack depending on what type of mood I'm in. So, just for the people out there that's going to look up his name, for the folks that may not know him, is Six Lack. 
or as he i think he probably prefers black but like some six. people that know who the number six lack sorry for the people out there that are concerned or maybe even curious like they the people don't know that like out there in the uk people know artists they know them like and he has to be able to encapture those types of people and maybe and honestly he needs to start targeting fucking uh um like africa bro like i mean africa is the largest continent or djs like, like that's what's oh, into sorry, like you could you could just grab DJs. DJs are gonna get canceled. We don't like we don't know them niggas like that anyway. So <laughs> nobody has a personal relationship. People are usually high as fuck at their at their concerts, which I'm not concerts, but usually at festivals. They don't even know what's going on. And the whole the thing could go to shit and a DJ could hop up there and it was still like everyone will still be satisfied. Like everything could be falling apart around them at the DJs on stage. All those rich ass, which rich ass, drunk ass, drugged up white people will be just fine as long as the DJ can hop up on the stage and plug into his soundboard or whatever you want to call that shit. And plug his Oscar. He ain't got a DJ. He just plug his Oscar in. Just plug the Oscar in, let it run, and they'll all be straight. So I mean, yeah, yeah, you should probably target the DJs to be honest. Yeah, I think that and DJ. Well, DJs are more universal than just like standard artists, though. Like DJs are almost as universal as a Drake. They're not as universal, but almost some yeah. some big enough DJs. But then again, who's going to be a big enough DJ to maybe uh, in, entice people to spend that type of money too? Well, here's like the thing: that- he doesn't like he doesn't need the name to sell the tickets because they're already getting sold and they don't know who it is. He needs the name to you know sell the story because i don't think his goal is for firefest 2 to be a banger i think his goal is for firefest 2 to be the um the opening gate to firefest becoming coachella rolling loud and this is his Mm -hmm. i'm back and i'm here to stay moment so i feel like dj's could he like it doesn't even matter who's really up there for being the dj you can get people like you can get influencers like sama ray or charlie jordan to dj and people will be just fine like it's it's djing come on like you don't need the biggest names in the world for these for people to go out and buy tickets to a festival for some djs i would go out and watch sama ray dj as long as she doesn't you know i watch sama ray do whatever she wanted to do Yeah, and I hate I, she be playing with snakes and shit. I'd watch her play with snakes, like it, like I, I just, you know, I'd be there. Yeah, I'd be there. <laughs> I'd be there. Front row, dude. front row, close as hell to that snake, and I wouldn't give a fuck. I wouldn't give a fuck either. Hell no. Um, hopefully I'd be numb, but that's another that's another story for another day. But I mean, it'd be cool to like be able to say like you know that's ideally would I think be ultimately the story if it were to go well. And he is able to build it, like you said, to like a Coachella or a Rolling Loud type of thing. Because, I mean, Rolling Loud, Coachella, um, what is it, Ultra. Bonnaroo. And then Bonnaroo. Bonnaroo's still not, I, mean, I guess it is. And then we got, yeah, and then we got EDC. Um, those are probably the biggest festivals that I could think of off the top of my head. And I'm like, not, I'm not a country. festival guy, so I wouldn't even really know. Yeah, but I mean, Rolling Loud, I feel like Rolling Loud has obviously come a, come about over the last, what, decade and went absolutely insane. What the fuck? Um, 
it hasn't even been a decade. It's been a little less, but it has become one of the go-to festivals. Like, not even if you're a weed smoker, especially if you're a weed smoker, but for the type of, like, vibes and who they bring, because they started, they've got artists now, bro. Like, they got artists pulling up on you type shit. So, we'll see. I mean, I think, like I said, it'd be cool to be able to say, like, oh, I went to the first five, like, six, quote-unquote, successful Firefest before it got, like, super big again. Like, or not even again, but, like, it got to that level of Coachella, you know, um, rolling loud type of thing. But, that's neither here nor there. Best of luck, Billy for, uh, McFarlane. You, I mean, my guy, you're not going to get my ticket uh, or my money for this, but I'd lo- I can't wait to hear the stories for how it either goes great or bad. So, that being said, we're going to move into, you know, we got to hit our sports topic before we end the night. You know we got to. It's, it's the man in us. We're only a week and a half away from the NFL season and the Cowboys being another mediocre team and not being able to make it out of the first round of the playoffs. We don't have so, enough time in the night to get into that, so I'm going to let that one slide. <laughs> um, so recently, Steph Curry was actually on Gilbert Arenas' podcast, which is actually really cool, um, by the way, if you guys haven't watched it. It's, I love hearing them talk. Gilbert Arenas is actually surprisingly, not surprisingly, a very intuitive individual. Gilbert Arenas, Paul George, and Jeff Teague, these basketball players starting podcasts, it's absolute gold the stories that they share they're natural at it they just they all like kind of just started and are just well gilbert's been doing it for a minute but jeff teague and paul george kind of just started which is a little off topic but they're just absolutely amazing enticing great stories they're good at it and they need to keep doing it you know and don't stop so yeah yeah good content i mean these guys and these guys are also smart like they're smart they know like they know what they're doing with their money especially gilbert arenas um these dudes are super smart so definitely if you're not you don't have to necessarily be in the sports it definitely does help to make it even give like a little segue to get getting to know these guys but like if you're not even in the sports i would still give it a watch or a listen i should say either or whatever you prefer um but recently steph curry being steph curry everybody knows steph curry number 30 golden state four rings the guy the man that changed the game of basketball um as we know it recently said on their podcast that he was the GOAT point guard of all time. Steph Curry said on Gilbert Arenas' podcast, on the podcast we just spoke about, that he is a self-proclaimed greatest of all time point guard. I'm going to let that marinate for just a second. Okay? So I'm going to give my thoughts first, but the question really at hand here is we know we've obviously got, when you got Steph, who is one of the greatest players to ever play the game. But when we talk about point guard specifically, we automatically think about the HIV man himself, Magic Johnson. Um, And I mentioned that because somehow this man is still thriving with HIV, like nobody's business. It's like he never had that fucking disease. I'm just letting it be known. I, I am the biggest advocate for health in general and just getting rid of these awful fucking illnesses. Um, but I'm letting, letting you know, money can literally buy you just about anything, bro. Um, that's but just time. what it is. Well, but I guess time. in some way kind of time, but like, I mean, they probably, they got, time. they, you know, 
that's a all that's a whole different topic. We can go into that conspiracy theory at a later date. I already got <laughs> I already got that. But when it comes to the argument of greatest point guard of all time, do we put Steph or Magic as that number one guy? Um and I'm we're not I'm not gonna sit here and cap. I know Mike probably can agree with this. Um, I didn't even look at this document until probably like 30 minutes before the podcast, bro. Not even, not even more than that. Probably 15, 10 minutes before. So I didn't have no time to pull no stats, prepare. I'm going to go off of what I know. Damn. <laughs> old, old heads might get me on this one, bro. Um, Steph is the greatest point guard of all time. Here's the reason why. Here is the exact reason why Steph Curry is the greatest point guard of all time. Magic Johnson is one of the greatest point guards, the second greatest point guard of all time. Steph is the number one. Why? Because as I mentioned before, Steph Curry changed basketball as we know. He literally changed the way point guards play basketball. Think about that. My dad, like, and I'm sure your dad too, grew up in a time where point guards were the absolute facilitators. Their job, they put up 10 points a game. That's fine. We want to get you, like, at least with eight assists and then some hockey assists in there too, right? Like, you, you need to be involved in 15 to 18 baskets within the game. Like, that's what we want from you. You bring the ball up every single possession. You, your first instinct is to pass the ball. You don't, you're not looking to score first. Whereas in Steph is looking to score. He can score. The dude can pull up from 30 with ease. If you don't have a hand in his face, he's knocking that shit down and then putting you to bed. Like it is that type of dude. Magic Johnson ain't got no jumper, bro. It's a known fact. He ain't got no jumper. Magic Johnson was also 6'8". At the point guard position. I don't know what fucking point guard 6'8", bro. I just don't know. Looks successful because uh, Ben Simmons was supposed to be a point guard. <laughs> what the fuck happened to him, bro? Softest dude that ever played in the NBA. Literally the softest guy that's ever played in the NBA. And I still hope for him to like come up and have a great season. Great seasons going forward. It won't happen, though. But that being said... <laughs> When you change the game with every kid doing what you want, what you do on the court on a day in day out basis, literally in the gym, pulling up, saying Curry, they're not saying Kobe anymore, bro. We used to say Kobe. They don't say, they don't say magic. They never said that shit. Magic. Oh, magic. <laughs> like Steph Curry can pass, dribble, shoot, finish, score, defend. Every single thing you want in a point guard. Magic couldn't shoot. Granted, shooting wasn't the most important thing at that time for him. He had one of the greatest teams of all time. Prada UNC, James Worthy, D. Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. He didn't even have to play. Magic Johnson didn't have to play basketball, bro. He had the greatest scorer, in my opinion, of all time. The greatest flat-out scorer who was almost unguardable, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, skyhook on that ass all day long. You're not blocking it. You can't stop it. And you literally just have to hope I miss. 
That is why Steph Curry is the greatest point guard of all time. And this is why when people talk about Mount Rushmore's of basketball players, he is in consideration to be on that Mount Rushmore, not to necessarily surpass Kobe. And he's one of the very few people I would even contest in that. But I, Kobe's mindset won't allow me to go forward with that. There's a reason why people would try to put him over. He surpassed Kevin Durant in terms of greatest of all time because Kevin Durant did his due diligence. I mean, there's nothing else he needs to do at this point. He's he is where he is. There's no, in my opinion, there's no moving up for Kevin Durant unless he somehow wins six rings. Like that's the only person. My personal opinion. I think Kevin Durant's done what he could have done. There's not many people that could pass those few people on that. But Magic Johnson, you have been surpassed in the past two. When Steph Curry won that fourth championship against the Boston Celtics, he surpassed you, my man. That is when it happened. He's got the accolades, the influence, the skills. And he's even got the fucking pizzazz. Night, night, give me my fucking ring, bitch. (laughs) Yeah, so the conversation is really Steph Curry who revolutionized and changed the game for as far as we can see now. Um, And then you have Magic Johnson, who saved the game because it was a dying business. And him and Larry, but, you know, as great as Larry was, we all know Magic was the true face because he had the smile, he had the charisma, and he had the showmanship. So he was really, and he was black. And so he was really the face. So they saved the league. You have revolutionized the league and saved the league. So where does it land on importance? Where does it land with what they were able to achieve in their career with what they had versus the other? So for me right now, right this second, I must still say Magic Johnson is the greatest point guard of all time. But I am a firm, avid believer, firm, avid believer that when Steph Curry's career is over, he will surpass Magic Johnson as the greatest point guard of all time. I don't think Steph is done. I think personally, I think what we saw in the postseason last year, and thanks to ungrateful role players not knowing their role, uh, I'm not going to shit on Clay, but Clay knows he didn't come up to the play that he was supposed to. He knows he came up short. Draymond does what Draymond does, so I'm not even going to act like he didn't. He did something out of character because that is truly. Uh, but I guess Weird. what Draymond did cost them a ring, which would probably put Steph already there had that not happened. But what we saw from Steph Curry in the last postseason is the greatest version of Steph Curry we've ever seen. It might not be the flashiest, and it might not be the peak of his shooting, but from an all-around Hooper's perspective, from an assassin's perspective, he was fucking hooping. He was hooping, and he wasn't putting he was fear fucking. in other players from the fact that he just don't miss. He was putting fear in the players and other players because you couldn't stop him no matter what game he was playing. I'm gonna shoot. 
He's driving. It's the best we've seen him play at the rim in a long time. The confidence is there. The the pizzazz, like you said, has always been there. <clears throat> I think that Steph Curry will go down as the greatest point guard of all time. I think currently right now he's a top 10 basketball player of all time. And I think that when it's all said and done, he will move in that top five. Listen, we can't demote what Magic Johnson's done. Magic Johnson came in as a rookie. Kareem got hurt, led them, and won the finals. We all saw the show. That shit was nuts. You know, um, <clears throat> what Magic has done and what he was able to do at the time that he was doing it as well. But when you really think about it, he, like you said, he has really good players along his side the whole really way. Really fucking good players, bro. Really fucking and good. And we know Steph has... The best player Steph's ever played with is Kevin Durant. Kevin Durant, at best, is a top 15 in the lower five player all time. Lowest top 20. So he's 20 to 15. He's 20 to, you know, 13, 14. That's his range. Mm -hmm. Kareem is a all-time great Mount Rushmore player <laughs> that... Yeah. has arguments to be made to be better than Jordan or LeBron. I, I think they're false arguments, but those arguments could be made and you're not crazy. So, and they want to say, well, it was on the tail end. Dude, I don't care. He was still Kareem. That's not even mentioning James Worthy. That's not mentioning um, the fact that that team as a collective was really strong. The difference between Steph Curry is, that is Pat Riley too. Yes, yeah, Pat Riley is coaching. Yeah, like bro, the, the team was fucking stacked. The difference between that and what we saw from Steph Curry is that the players that we consider Hall of Famers and greats that play with Steph Curry outside of Kevin Durant, obviously we know that Kevin Kevin Durant solidified. We know what that was. He's him, probably. Yeah, you know, Kareem, you know, you said Kareem's the greatest scorer, but Kevin Durant's probably the most gifted scorer of all time from all levels of the court. Um, oh, yeah, 100%. But, like I was saying, the guys that we consider greats that Steph played with as teammates, when, it, when you really sit back and you realize how special Steph was and where his career is going to be, they're considered greats because they ended up on the same team as what will go down as the greatest point guard of all time. Don't get me wrong. Clay Thompson should have been in that top 75 all time. Draymond is the best defender of our generation, I believe. Uh, well, of this new generation. It depends on what you call our generation. But but yeah, of, of whoever is watching it today that's a younger, Draymond is probably the best defender you've seen play. Most versatile. And play sure. consistently. Yeah. Play consistently, a.k.a. Kawhi. Sorry, dog. You just don't play enough. But those things, to a certain degree, are only possible because they were playing alongside Steph Curry. I'm not saying that they couldn't, it could not shine without Steph, but I'm saying it is magnified. And I'm saying they were able to find that role and flourish in it 
because they had someone like Steph take off so much of the workload. And in this last season, you got to see that play out. You got to see that when Clay is off, when Draymond is doing stupid Draymond shit and is not doing everything he's supposed to, when role players aren't playing their role or when uh, Jordan Poole is turning the ball over, running a full head of steam every single time he touches the ball and does not understand flow or pace of the game at all. It's crazy. He does not understand pace of the game at all. You understand that when all things failed, the only constant was Steph Curry. That was the only constant. It the he only. literally is the only. He's the only constant that there is. And so, that's, and yeah. I, I agree with you. I didn't mean to cut you off. No, go ahead. Point, I'm done. I think that that is, I mean, my dad, like, see, when you hear, like, your parents, like, my dad has, is an old head, like, he's an old black guy, bro. Like, he grew up watching all different, a whole different game, bro. A whole different game. But that is in his 60s, to give you guys reference. Like, there is no business that my dad should be sitting here like, damn. Like, he said, that boy's nice. Like, he's nice. Like, my dad's, like, in denial about some, like, players, like, that are, like, good in this generation. Like, he don't like certain players because, like, he don't like the style, the way they play, and, you know, whatever. And a lot of old heads are like that, bro. If you really talk to them, they're like that. They're oh, yeah, my, dad, my dad's a clay guy. He was forever clay over Steph. And until like the last few years, he was like, "Okay, Steph, really that nigga?" I'm like, "Yes." He's no, he's that. He's that. He's that guy, bro. He's literally that guy, and I understand it. Like now, like because we'll probably be some way like that if somebody transcends the game like somewhat like Steph in the next, you know, thirty, forty years, and we're watching it with our kids, you know, our sons and daughters, and be like, "Damn!" Like you might come to that realization, like shit, like that guy's kind of like that. Like yeah. he's kind of like that. And my dad's even said like. Dude, like, you can see that everyone feels more comfortable when he's on the court. They just feel, like, every ounce of pressure, they're like, oh, I could suck tonight. Like, I don't want to, and I know I probably do suck, just all around suck. But he makes me better because I know he's got my back. And on the opposition, you can see when Steph makes two shots in a row, all the pressure that the other team feels like they literally collapse when Steph hits two threes in a row and hits you with that fucking shimmy or go to sleep and the crowd's going crazy. It's like niggas knees buckle, bro. Like, oh, fuck. He might go for fucking 15 straight and then Clay might give me a couple and Draymond might get lucky and fucking bounce one off the rim in the three point open shot. Jordan Poole might get hot. Shit's about to go down, especially if you look up at the scoreboard and that bitch says the third quarter, you know you finna get your ass whooped by 20 straight points out of nowhere. Because when that third quarter hit, them boys be on, son. They third quarter. I don't know what the, I don't know what Steve Kerr puts in their water during halftime because they do be acting up crazy in the third quarter. weren't the same necessarily in this postseason because they were. I mean, it was just a, it was because well, it was only out. Steph. <laughs> yeah, usually and, everybody. And and I think that that shows a testament because people like the, the the argument people will say is like they're like well LeBron's like wouldn't you if that's the argument you're making you should say the same thing for LeBron like because he carried the team I'm like no LeBron is also not a fucking point guard bro he's not a fucking point guard bro LeBron can't dribble I don't care what nobody says he can't dribble he's six nine two hundred and sixty five pounds he's built like a freaking 
NFL tight end, oversized NFL tight end. He literally can play in the NFL right now and be just fine. He's huge. He's fast. He's strong. He's agile. He is the freakiest athlete physically you'll probably ever see in your life. Yeah, like, definitely the freakiest of all time, for sure. Like, <laughs> freakiest of all time. Uh, <laughs> pause, I guess. But, <laughs> but no, nah, like, but the thing is, like, if that was the argument, I would, I would say, oh yeah, like, well, I mean, LeBron. If I considered LeBron a point guard, but I would put LeBron over Steph just based off of that. But like, yes, LeBron carried teams to championships. He dragged, dragged the Cavs to the finals until Kyrie just showed up and said, all right, let me just, I'll do the job from here. Like, because without Kyrie, the same way, like to some degree with Kevin Durant, like without Kyrie. They don't win that chip. It just doesn't happen. It doesn't happen. And look, they still crying in Cleveland about not having a championship. And I guarantee it. Same thing with Steph. Kevin, Dur- I mean, I think they probably would have eat them out, like on maybe one of the two championships. But I don't think they win two championships without KD. No, no like, they don't, I don't win. They don't. Yeah, they don't do what they did without KD. That that definitely. That's definitely true. Well, because they were the most dominant. That was one. That was literally probably the most dominant team we'll probably see in our generation. Because they were, I mean, dude, they were unstoppable. They yep. were literally, it was like the fucking dream team. And they said, ah, fuck it, dude. We'll just, we'll just get them together. Like, see what happens. Like, I guess, I guess it might work. Like, who knows? And was it, that was a 73 win team, correct? Yeah. No, yeah, no, 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 no. 72. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. 73-win team, that didn't have KD, right? No. They lost. No. Yeah, they lost the 73-win season. That was without KD. That was when they grabbed KD. Yeah, they grabbed. That was the year LeBron won, right? Yeah, that was the year LeBron won, and then they grabbed KD. Draymond was infamously crying in the parking lot, called KD, said, we need you. He came over, and (laughs) it was lights out from there. So LeBron. LeBron just knew it was over from that point going forward. Everyone and knew. Everyone was, knew. As soon as you saw that news, I, mean, I was grinning ear to ear because, I mean, shit. <laughs> I was happy. Bro. <laughs> I was like, oh, let's go. I know I know we're going a little bit off topic, but, like, reminiscing about that team and how good they really were and how unstoppable they literally were. What was the game plan when you go in there as a coach, bro? What do you say? All right, I tell you exactly um, what you say and what they did. Everybody literally who guarded that team will tell you 1,000%, and they said it in the interviews, they were focused on Steph. They were focused on Steph. Steph is the outlier. Like, KD, from a scoring perspective, is so easy. He doesn't need that many shots. But Steph is the one that goes bang, bang, diggity, dang, dang for fucking two minutes, and next thing you know, you look up at the scoreboard and you're down by 15. It's it's crazy, but like no, but I don't even, I don't even know, man. That team was that team was nuts. I still think that if you put all the best teams together and had them play, who would win? I still don't think that team would be would win the playoffs. Like if you had all the greatest teams, and I don't think it would be um, the seventy two win Bulls either. I think Kobe Shaq would be the best team of all time by a mile if. They were to all if you could for some hypothetical reason you can get all the best teams together and have them play. 
I think that Kobe Shaq is eating niggas alive, bro. Cheat code. What about the Bill Russell Russell teams? The what? What about the Bill Russell teams? (laughs) You could tell Bill Russell (laughs) to take his old ass somewhere else, bro. (laughs) <laughs> we, Bro, this ain't no I, this this league's got plenty big ass black niggas plenty now bro but no that's that's really just the thoughts of that i mean i think this stuff i mean i i agree with you obviously i think he is now but like i appreciate you obviously like, recognizing that eventually he will become the greatest point guard of all time i think that for any sports fans out there that haven't like watched stuff for some godforsaken reason, you haven't watched him at all. Literally, just go from like 2013, 2014 highlights. Literally, that's all you got to do. That's all you got to do. You or can watch that for type three in hours. All of Steph Curry's three pointers from the 2015, 2016 season. And that's literally the only video you need to see. And you will see the most outlandish shit you've ever seen in your life. And just know it's just, it's, it was every night. <laughs> it, it was every night. Yeah, what you're seeing was not like a couple like really big games. That was every night. He was in. Oh, yeah, I put up a 35 that night. Oh, what'd you shoot from the field? Uh, shot, what did I shoot? Like eight of. 13 from three. Uh, <laughs> I don't even know what my two point, two point, you know, percentage was. That doesn't you know, matter, right? Four of them was 35 feet out. <laughs> yeah, I just hit like a couple 35 footers. Like, I mean, I, I'd be te- I'd teaching my kids that, like, eventually, like, how to do that. But, like, bro. Cannon like, better be nice. I'm going to be pissed. Nah, he going to suck dick. He going <laughs> like to suck he gonna, dick. <laughs> He was like he's gonna be a fucking Draymond's tile player, bro. I don't know why, but he be looking like bully ass fucking Dylan Brooks and Draymond players. He go don't don't put Dylan Brooks and Draymond (laughs) in the same sentence, bro. That's damn right disrespectful, bro. I mean they got the same play style, but like, well, somewhat. Like they're they're the rugged fucking you know, the the team that gets everyone hyped because you you play the morale carrier. Yeah, so yeah. Well, I mean, I think that um, what was I gonna say? Fuck, fuck. Oh no, nah, man. I mean, we all know, we all know the greatest players always their sons. Sorry, like Michael Jackson's son or Michael Jordan's sons. Where the fuck they at, bro? Well, Michael Jordan was a shit ass dad. So, I mean, we all know that he had a gambling problem. He um, he had a lot of he had a lot of problems. Bronze uh, kids he, are gonna be pretty decent. Nah, Bronny. I don't think Bronny's Bronny. gonna be no superstar or anything, but he'll be a role player. He'll be an Austin Reeves. Nah, don't even give. Him, I don't give him Austin Reeves, bro. Come on now, Austin Reeves nice. In the NBA Austin though, nice. Austin Reeves is nice. Don't in get the NBA Austin... though. Like I, I know what he did like at that? Duke, but okay, but you're saying nice. Like, come on now, like you okay. know <laughs> when we I say mean, Bronny's. Nice, go- Bronny's gonna Bronny's gonna put some more weight on once he gets to the gets to the league. I think that's gonna be the biggest well, thing for him. Personally. Hopefully, health stands up that we can see whatever he flourishes to be. But I still think the youngest one is gonna be um, Bryce. Bryce is gonna be filthy, bro. I feel like he still hasn't fi- like figured out his body. I think Bronny's been in his body for a longer time than Bryce. Well, I don't think Bryce's like, body he- is done yet. Well, I mean, what is it? Bryce is like six six right now. Something like, that. Something like that, but he six, looks lanky. Six, he looks seven. like he's gonna grow some more. And then when he puts on weight, bro, 
And he looks he's smoother than Bronny. Like Bronny's very like kind of stiff. He's, like his, he's kind of yeah, stiff he's in like his mechanical. movements. Yeah. But like Bryce he's is kind of like he's got a great shot, though. Bryce is kind of flowy with his shit. And he kind of he played with like I don't know. He plays more like loose than I feel like Bronny does. Like he don't be looking like he's thinking. Like he was like he's just playing around, having fun. Yeah. If you that's fact. If you watch the Bronny highlights, bro, he always looks like he's like trying to figure out. Like he tries to look like Bron does. Bron, there's times when Bron's trying to look like he's interested in the game. He already knows what he's gonna do, bro. Like yeah. he's he done he done figured that out like two plays ago. He already knows what he's gonna try to do. Like where I've I've watched a couple highlights of Bryce. Bryce, like I said, I think Bryce, I don't necessarily th- think he's done growing, but I think that he still hasn't figured out his body where Bronny's been like 6'2", six, 6'3", six, for basically since like sophomore year. Like, I think Bronny's athletic. Body. He's got a nice shot for sure and um, oh, yeah, he's wet. and good vision. But I don't see him like I personally – I'd be surprised if he's a consistent starter in the league. I, I see him more as like a strong six, six seven, man, man coming off, like more like a corner guy too. Like you just, he's kind of popping threes and he's kind of facilitating shortly. I don't know. He's a little too small to be like a star in the league. And I don't, he's athletic. But I don't think his athleticism. He's gonna have to, I think he's going to have to be a two way. Like he's going to have to be a, a strong two way, put up like 10 a game, 10, 11 a game get a steal every other game or something like that type of guy. Cause he can jump out the gym. Like he's got crazy athleticism cause he's got his dad's genes. But like, I think that that's where he can, he can really, that's where honestly, I think he's going to fit the most is two way player plays good defense guards, the best guard on their team. Once, like I said, once he puts weight on, cause like now if he was even taller, Bronny would be oh, that yeah. dude. <laughs> he would be that. Yeah. Dude, if he was, bro. if he was six, six, I think Bronny would be, that but dude. not like he'd insane because <laughs> he'd, 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 be, he'd be lebron athleticism wise not quite height and size but he'd be Le- lebron athleticism wise vision wise with a better shot coming into with the a world. better jump shot yeah because lebron's had to develop that trash ass little look down fake i hate bro niggas be pissing me off that they don't know that that's coming like bro i mean me and you were fucking defenders and obviously we ain't good enough to like do nothing with it or nothing like that that's not what i'm trying to say (laughs) but like all i'm saying is is if i was to the par of the other players playing against them and i saw that nigga hit that little shit bro there ain't no way you faking me out with that bullshit i'm gonna feel so disrespected that you tried it like come on bro it takes like fucking three seconds like what are you doing I saw him do it in the. I think I saw him do it in the Warriors game. I'm like, how are you doing this shit in the playoffs, bro? I think I saw him do it in the Warriors when they were playing the Warriors this past year, and I don't know who was defending him. One of the one of the one of the trash niggas, um, and I was like, oh, damn, I'd really call him trash nigga. It's not even like that, bro. It's, it's not <laughs> compared like to his it's peers. Not, compared to your peers, uh, yeah. So I saw one of the trash niggas guarding him, and I was like. Bro, he just I'm I'm watching him do it and I'm like and he just like what are the what are the good. defenders thinking like when he puts the ball out to the side like that? Like, oh shit, what's he about to do with it? Is he about to sign it for me? Like, what the fuck are these niggas thinking? 
Like, bro, as I soon think, as he I does that, I'm, I'm lunging my hand in his fucking face immediately. Like, I'm coming straight for him. Like, bro, you're going to have to run right by me because I'm not letting you get and that he shit. Never, and, he never, and he never fakes the shit. Ever, bro. No. He never fakes <laughs> it. If he does that, he's it. shooting it. <laughs> he's going to pull that shit up And he's going to cash single. it, too, though, to be honest. He's going to cash that bitch. I don't know what the fuck it up with that dumbass little step back. I feel like everybody has their signature move. Uh, James Harden has a step back. Steph has his little two two foot step back. So and so has this that, and then they got LeBron. I'm gonna take a look at the ball and shoot it in your face. I feel I'm like, like it's honestly like something that he does. He did in the open gym when he would shoot around, and every time he did that, like he realized he had a better shot, and it's probably because he doesn't think about the motion of what he's doing. So it's like it kind of takes his mind off of it. And he got I, one of the ugliest jump shots known to man. So like I mean that shit. He got better though. He definitely got better towards the end of the No, he can shoot better. Yeah, he can shoot now, but beginning but, of I mean, his career, he ain't was rough. Bro, nah, because he was just running and dunking on niggas, bro. Like, it didn't matter what he was doing. Like now, if you think you're just gonna run in the lane and dunk on niggas, like they there's some athletic dudes now. They will jump, they will beat you up. They will literally oh, they beat jumping you up the with rim. you, nigga. Like and LeBron ain't getting the height like he used to because like it's crazy. It's it's sad to see, but at the same time, it's I mean, can't fight Father Time. I mean, he's still he's still getting up there, but it's not quite. No, nah. he ain't got when Ja was... or or Anthony Edward bunnies in right now. Nah, when he was jumping out the gym in the first stint in Cleveland, bro, that dude was touching. Or when he was in Miami, oh my yeah, god, yeah, that shit was dude. crazy. Dog was touching the back of the top of the backboard, like, oh yeah, like, this is casual ass dude. You know what I'm saying? Like, nah, nigga, you're jumping 12 feet. That's just crazy. You're like jumping. LeBron's ability to go from floor to the air at at the peak that he does is insane. And then I think where Jordan stood out is his ability to go from floor to air and, and hang there was insane. Yeah. Like Jordan would defy gravity, and LeBron would just fucking jump out the gym, literally. So. But yeah, that being said, yeah, that's the we we went on a tangent. We have four topics, just like I told you. This is another long episode. We can talk, guys. We can literally, if it wasn't fucking eleven o'clock right now, and this was, let's say this, we filmed this at two o'clock in the afternoon. These podcasts might dead ass be four hours long because we would just be going in on this shit. But that's, that's all we got today. Uh, make sure you tell us exactly how dumb you think we are from our opinions because we don't care. We would love to hear it. Put it down in the comments below. Shout us out. If you know us, hit us up. Let us know the comments. I'll gladly debate anyone who wants to come at me. That is what this is all about. But for the fellas out there listening, listen, they only want a 1% man, so you got to quit your bitching and get your bread up. For the ladies out there listening, guess what? He don't want you, sweetie, but it's okay because you're still beautiful and powerful and will always love you. It's the After Dark Podcast. Until next time.